Hey everybody, I'm Dan from Portland, Oregon. I'm Kate from Minneapolis. I'm Zach from Madison, Wisconsin. The Sound of Young America is an independent production supported by listeners like me. If you'd like to donate to support the show, visit MaximumFun.org and please click on Donate. I'm Jesse Thorne, live on tape from my house in Los Angeles. It's The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. It's The Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Scott McMicken and Zach Miller, uh, members of the band Dr. Dog. They're a, uh, a lovely, uh, friendly, happy-feeling, although sometimes sad, lyricized band from Philadelphia. Their new album is called Shame, Shame. Let's hear one of the singles from the record, Stranger. Zach, welcome to the Sound of Young America. It's great to have you here. Yeah, thanks for having us. Thanks for having us, Jesse. It's a it's a pleasure to have you. So, um, tell me a little bit. I know I know that you uh, I know that you Scott were deeply engaged in the origins of this band, which go back far before the band actually existed. Yeah, yeah. Tell Way tell back. me tell me a little bit about that. I remember there was a point where Toby and I became friends. We're both thirty. I'll be thirty two. He's thirty one. We became friends when we were about 12, and that friendship was born out of like, oh, you play guitar? I love that like that fact. You should come over. And I would go over to his house and play guitar, and he'd sing. And within about a month, he had a bass. So like our friendship began around playing music. And then once he got that bass, we would just play every day together all the time. And um, what was hilarious about it in retrospect now is that it was it was so difficult. It was like... We would pra- we practiced more in ninth grade than we ever have now, uh, as far as any kind of discipline or regimented practicing schedule. We practiced every day and worked so hard on it <clears throat> to seemingly no satisfaction. Like, w- I think the thing we were blessed with as kids was just at least knowing we were no good, that we were awful. Like we we were kept going playing, but we were kids. We didn't know what we were doing. We didn't know how to write songs. We were just kind of grabbing styles and just mutilating them. And um, when we got to college, it kind of took an entirely different turn where so many people all of a sudden became a part of it. It went from just the two of us in a drum machine in a small town in Chester County, Pennsylvania, to going to Westchester, Pennsylvania and meeting people. And then suddenly the band had like 10 people in it. And it sort of stayed that way until about 2000 and three or four when we got asked to go on our first tour and when we were asked to go on our first tour that's when all those pieces fell into place like people who wanted to really be in the band now that it meant going on tour and traveling would and those that weren't really in it for that reason would you know 
would stop. And so it was a long, it was a long, slow, gradual development. Zach, how how and when did you uh, uh, join this party? Um, I I um I first saw Doctor Dog. Um, yeah, and it was one of the one of the greatest shows I've ever seen. It was just uh, sort of met most most of the guys in the band that night, and and then uh, I just see him around see him around town. And uh, what did you like about and, the band? Uh, well, it was kind of, up up until that point. I I didn't think um, anybody was making good music anymore. <laughs> I, was, <laughs> I, I thought that you know, you know, classic rock days were over, and so yeah, I was immediately struck by. You stayed in Philadelphia, which is um, not always the case for bands in Philly. I think the siren call of New York City just a couple hours away is enough to sort of draw a lot of bands out of of philadelphia um tell me about what you liked about philadelphia as a place when you moved there besides that it was just the um you know the nearest major city when you go there immediately we met tons of musicians immediately we realized where to go to hear good music what the good music was all the various ways in which you can experience it from touring bands which you know when you're coming from like a small town and stuff like the luxury of touring bands running through your town every weekend was a big change you you quickly realized there was in fact a lot of music going on there and there's that feeling in philly that everything just sort of seems to exist on its own merits like nothing is getting enhanced because of a certain reputation or a certain instant coolness that comes along with it or anything like that it's just it feels really down to earth, yet at the same time, re- really broad. I want to play this uh, song from uh, the new album called Shadow People that, um, from what I understand, it is a little bit about that sense of place. Maybe maybe you guys could tell me a little bit about this record before we play it. Sure, yeah, that song is exactly uh, kind of what I'm talking about. Although it takes a particular slant on the neighborhood, it was a particular kind of night, one kind of night, a kind of a dark night. Um, it was a heavy night. It was humid. It was a summer night. It was raining. Um, everything just seemed like it was sweating, you know? The whole world just seemed like it was sweating and it was dark. And my neighborhood at that point smelled real bad. There was a Chinese restaurant. And so like when it would rain, the sidewalks would just – all the oil would – you know, it would just be these oil slicks on the sidewalk and garbage. And um, I lived at a particular juncture of a couple streets that were – you know, the lot going on, different houses, lots of things, lots of foot traffic. And definitely lots of characters, everyday characters. And I just wasn't having it. You know, I, I didn't I didn't want to be there at that point in time. And so that's where this song was born out of, um, you know, a not-so-pleasant take on the neighborhood. Let's hear it. This is Shadow People from my um, guest, Dr. Dog, and their new album, Shame, Shame. The rain is falling. It's after dark. The streets are swimming with the sharks It's the right night for the wrong company And there ain't nothing around here to look at 
You guys have always, um, uh, or at least until recently, uh, recorded your own music, um, starting with like a, what, like a four-track machine or something like that, an eight-track machine? Yeah, four-track, four-tracks was where we were, where we got started with that. Um, tell me about why, I can understand why as a young band you buy a four-track off of Craigslist or something like that, you know, so are you at the Goodwill and you just want to get your stuff down on record. Um, why did you why did you commit yourself so much to that as a band? Why what did you like about uh, about um, about having that sort of home studio do it yourself um, approach rather than about the idea of say like you know writing and rehearsing a group of songs and, and then going into a studio and recording them. It's it's been interesting because the band began, I can say, as as a as a four track recording thing. Like any sense of what the band was was due to the recordings we were making on a four track, not what not due to what this group of people was getting around and coming up with as their sound. So it was like necessity, really. Like for Toby and I, all through high school, being the only, like you know, being best friends and playing music every day, and then at the same rate, not really finding anybody else who it seemed like worth letting them in on that. We were two guys and a drum machine, so the four track offered us the opportunity to actually invent the sound of a band that we didn't really have, you know. And then as you get older and get into like, we were getting into weirder and weirder music that was all doing it the same way we were anyway. So that just became doubly inspiring and kept us going with that, like. Learning more about that made you realize that these things, four tracks and this type of thing, they're not, they're not limiting at all. They just are what they are. And you can approach them with that same attitude of, I'm going to make this as good as it possibly can be. There were no limitations. It makes you focus really on what's essential because you can't, you can't say, oh, we have, all these, we have all these tracks and all this, all this space to just noodle and put whatever on there. You kind of have to say what is this part about or what is this, you know, does it need three guitars or, you know, yeah, it really makes you hone in on what's the essence of the part. And I think that's really informed, uh, how we've approached being a live band too. Is there a song from your first couple of records that you recorded on, on that four track that, that we could play that you think, um, that, that either you're particularly proud of or, or you think is um, uh, emblematic in some way of the value that that process gave you? Uh, yeah. You could play um, Heaven. Let's hear Heaven from uh, Dr. Dog and their album Toothbrush. Toothbrush. 
It's the Sound of Young America. I'm Jesse Thorne. My guests are Scott McMicken and Zach Miller of the band Dr. Dog. So we were talking about you guys being such a self-contained unit. And when you recorded your most recent record, Shame Shame, you uh, went out and hired a a real live record producer uh, to help you shape this new album. Um, First of all, after doing it, after DIYing for so many years, um, what led you to that decision that that you wanted to um, that you wanted to bring in an, another voice into that process? Despite how I kind of laid out the history of the band being one of essentially experimental recording process, it had obviously reached a point to all of us that those days were over and that we were a live band now. And going into making Shame Shame was the first time it was really that apparent. Like up until that point. Even though we've been touring six years or something pretty heavily, every time it came recording time, it was easy to flip the switch and go back to like, okay, forget about live music, go back to that weird zone of overdubbing and and everything we understood recording to be, which was a more impressionistic process rather than one of capturing some sound that we felt as though we had. But that was different going into Shame Shame. I guess we just kind of crossed that line where it was like, okay, we're... We got way too much going on in the realm of our live show and what that feels like for us to be playing to ignore when it's time to record now. And and, and realizing that made it obvious that we needed help because though we have recorded ourselves for more than a decade, none of it has ever been to capture a live recording or to really capture the subtlety and nuance of a good performance. It had never been about that. And so we don't know how to do that. We We don't know how to do that. We don't have the technology to do that. So it became obvious we need somebody with some experience to help us and and uh, also show us how it's done. You know, like we didn't go into it like, OK, now we enter the age of having a producer. We're getting planning for our next record. We're not taking for granted we're going to have a producer or anything. You know, it wasn't like we finally crossed this threshold. It was just at the, that point in time, totally necessary. It didn't work out exactly as we had hoped and, and as in like we didn't. We gave ourselves a month in Dreamland Studios in Hurley, New York with Rob Schneff and his engineer, Doug. And we gave ourselves a month to record the album and two weeks to come out here to L.A. to Rob's studio and mix it. It But it didn't work out that way. So in one way, the expectations of the process kind of flopped. But in no way did it make the music suffer or anything. It's just that it was taking longer for us to make that adjustment into this new way of working. And it was taking longer for Doug and Rob to understand the kind of guys we were and where we were coming from and the kind of control we still needed to feel like we had in the recording process, you know, um, figuring out our roles collaboratively between Rob and Doug took longer than we had hoped. But in the end, it led to really cool stuff, but not a complete record. So we took the tapes back, spent two more months in our own studio doing exactly what we've always done to these fancy tapes with expensive drum recordings on them that we'd gotten up in Hurley. And so it was a really good marriage for us of stepping out for a minute and trying something new, getting the basis of these tunes down live and really well engineered, and then just going home and messing it all up and doing the thing that we've always enjoyed to do so much and play around with it. So, um, I maybe it would have been better had we stuck to the goal and finished in the time we were allotted and stuff and certainly would have been better 
far as a label would be concerned or, you know, whoever's paying the bills and stuff. But really when at the end of the day, it was the best way for us to experience something like that. And then to be able to come home, make sense of it all uh, in exactly the way that we, we were always accustomed to doing. We'll have more with Dr. Dog when we come back on The Sound of Young America from MaximumFun.org and PRI, Public Radio International. The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com. And by Smith Micro Software, makers of Stuff It Deluxe, designed to move files simply and securely wherever customers want them to go. For Mac and PC, online at stuffit.com. Coverage of the world of comedy on The Sound of Young America is supported by Humber College, offering a two-year program dedicated to comedy. Students learn stand-up, improv, acting, and writing skills and perform in the heart of Toronto. At Humber, we make funny people funnier. More information at humbercomedy.com. Whether you're a Max FunCon veteran or you've been thinking about going for two years and you're ready to pull the trigger, prepare yourself. Max FunCon 2011 tickets will go on sale the day after Thanksgiving, Black Friday, at maxfuncon.com. Max FunCon is a weekend of entertainment and enlightenment and friendship in Lake Arrowhead, California, just east of Los Angeles. Join us in a luxurious summer camp environment for comedy shows and classes and new friends and all kinds of great stuff. It's kind of hard to describe. Actually, if I could offer one piece of advice, maybe you go to Flickr and search Max FunCon and you'll see the pictures of people having a blast. Anyway, be sure to log into MaxFunCon.com the day after Thanksgiving to get your tickets. We've even got special gift packages this year. So if MaxFunCon registration is a gift to someone important in your life, like a lady or a gentleman or even a best pal, we've got a little something that you can put under the tree. It's all online at MaxFunCon.com starting the day after Thanksgiving. Let's hear the title track from Dr. Dog's new album, Shame, Shame. They're my guests here on The Sound of Young America. I was a loner on love. I really didn't need any help at all. I really thought I was fine. I was living it up just despite myself. I used to wander the streets at midnight Affording any signs of life I want to close with um, one of the four new songs that you've just released. These songs have gone up to your Facebook and they'll be part of a del- deluxe version of your new album, Shame Shame, and you're also... Uh, touring with them on double seven inch, if I'm not mistaken. Mm-hmm. Um, if, if there's one, if there's one song that we should share, which which one should it be? What do you think, Zach? Zach takes a mean organ solo in the intro and outro <laughs> of "Nobody Knows Who You Are." Uh, how can we resist that? <laughs> okay, here's Doctor Dog, and nobody knows who you are from the uh, deluxe version of their new album, "Shame Shame." Thanks so much for taking the time, guys. Thank you very much. Thank us. you.
That's our time for another Sound of Young America program. I've been your host, Jesse Thorne. The show is produced by Speaking Into Microphones. Our music provided by Dan Wally, our associate producer, Julia Smith, our editor, Nick White. Our intern is Leo Portugal. Join us online at MaximumFun.org, where you can get all of our shows absolutely 1,000% for free. And if you have thoughts about the show, post them on our forum at forum.maximumfun.org or email me at jesse at maximumfun.org. And in conclusion, MaximumFun.org. We'll see you next time right here on The Sound of Young America. The Sound of Young America is supported in part by Ask Metafilter. Thousands of life's little questions answered online at ask.metafilter.com.